And welcome back. This is Daily Buddhism Audio Show number 65, recorded March 14th, 2014. My name is Brian Shell, and I'm your host for the show. You can find the text as well as all links mentioned in this program and all past episodes on the website at www.dailybuddhism.com. If you aren't signed up for the email newsletter, just go to www.dailybuddhism.com and fix that oversight right now. It's free and easier than ever to sign up. If you enjoy the podcasts and the website and the emails and the tweets and the Facebook posts and all the other stuff, then don't forget to buy the books. My book, The 5-Minute Buddhist, and the sequel, The 5-Minute Buddhist Meditates, are now available on Amazon, Nook, iTunes, Smashwords, Kobo, and in paperback. You can get it from pretty much any place that sells books, so ask at your local library or independent bookstore if they don't already have it on the shelf. It's essentially the best of the daily Buddhism. You can get it in pretty much any format you want. Just go to www.dailybuddhism.com book and follow the various links. If you've already picked up a copy, please leave a review on whichever site you got the book from. Also, if you enjoy this free podcast, head on over to the iTunes store and leave a review for the show. I'd really appreciate your support there. And now let's get on with this week's show. Our first story for this week is entitled Magic Mushrooms and Psychedelics. And a reader wrote in asking, I'm very new to Buddhism. I don't really consider myself a Buddhist yet but I'm soaking up all the ideas like a curious child. I came drawn to it through the desire to practice meditation and naturally started doing my research. My question is this. I know now that it is Buddhist practice to refrain from alcohol and drugs in order to keep a clear mind and so as to not do harm to others. But in the past I have taken mind-altering substances such as magic mushrooms and feel they have opened up my mind and allowed me to look at things from a more spiritual point of view. Many cultures in the world embrace various teacher plants as a path toward spiritual enlightenment. I honestly feel that some of the revelations I've had while on mushrooms have taught me some of the truths of Buddhism before I even heard of them as such. How can something so spiritually powerful be a negative thing to one's enlightenment and education? Thank you for your help. Well, my response to that is, because it's not real. The prohibition against alcohol and drugs are not solely for the purpose of avoiding doing harm to others, as you say. They're there because they cloud your judgment and make meditation more difficult. Those other cultures that you speak of don't place the same emphasis on meditation and reaching enlightenment as Buddhism does. A Buddhist wants a clear mind. Remember right mindfulness and right concentration? And one of the goals of all that meditation is to learn mental control and achieve mental clarity. You can't reach that state artificially. It might seem like a good idea, but it's not. Some kinds of drugs lead to addiction. I shouldn't have to point out the problems with that kind of attachment. Another point to consider is long-term effects and flashbacks. I'm no doctor, but I've heard that drugs such as LSD can cause flashbacks and hallucination years after ingestion. That kind of lack of self-control is not something with which a Buddhist would want to deal. I'm curious as to what those revelations were about. Drop me a note. 
Next up, we have one called Breaking Up is Hard to Do. As usual, a reader wrote in and asked, First of all, I'd like to thank you for the wisdom and honesty you show your listeners with answering all these questions and giving insight into the fundamentals of Buddhism. I am relatively new to Buddhism, meditation, and yoga, so your podcasts and articles are very welcome indeed. With a growing audience, you probably have received a question like mine before, but I'll give it a try nevertheless. Right now, I'm going through a difficult time as a result of the breakup of my relationship. You can say that by attaching too much to my loved ones, I face a lot of suffering now that this relationship is over. I am wondering how to find a good way to love someone with all your heart and soul, a girlfriend and stepchild in my case, but not to get too much attached. I know that Buddhism won't tell you not to love anyone, but have you or other people any thoughts to help me with this dilemma? And my response... You say you're suffering, and that's always bad, but it's normal and to be expected during a time of loss, even for a Buddhist. You're absolutely right that there is a little bit of conflict there. You aren't supposed to get too attached to people or things, yet you are allowed, or strongly encouraged even, to love others. Buddhists believe that the problem is not the attachment to others in itself. The problem is grasping too hard to hold on to these things, and suffering over the fear that you will lose them. Death, divorce, breakups, or even just growing apart happen to couples all the time. Sooner or later, all relationships come to an end, and most of those endings will be painful to some extent. What can you do? Expect it. Plan for it. Don't become attached to the idea that you can control it or stop it. You can't. Sometimes you can hold back a breakup or keep the relationship going with effort, but even then, sooner or later, you will be parted. Know this, and when the time comes, accept it. After the separation comes, don't dwell on it or become attached to the way things used to be. Look to the future. Look to new relationships. Our next story this episode is called Temple Time. A reader wrote in, Buddhism has helped me find my path from out of suffering. Recently, I joined a Mahayana temple, and I would like to know, can I stop by any temple in the daytime to meditate in the temple hall or just bow? What are usually the norms? Because I would like to stop in and meditate and respect the Buddha for 20 minutes after my work day, as it's on the way home, and the atmosphere would further my daily path. I would like to know, really, what are the the during-the-day procedures for most temples? And what, as a patron, are you expected to generally follow? And what are the traditions for burning incense, for example? I found out that before they entering the big hall with the Buddhas, you need to take off your shoes, and you need to remain as silent as possible while in the temple, etc. This would be of some interest to beginners, I believe. Wishing you peace and wisdom. Okay, my answer to that is the problem with this type of topic is that every temple has different rules. I could tell you about the temples around here, but they certainly won't be the same as where you live. Your best bet is simply give them a call and ask them what hours they're open. Some temples and centers in America are not very busy and may have very limited hours, while others are thriving and open 24-7. It just depends on them. The ones here in Dayton, for example, are only open a few hours on Saturday and Sunday, while they're closed throughout the week except for special events. I suspect this is normal unless you're in a very large or very diverse city. Good luck.
And next up, we've got kind of a strange story. Buddha, the Evil Spirit Repository. A reader wrote in, I've been studying Buddhism and meditating. A Christian friend, a Seventh-day Adventist, told me that quoting Buddha on Facebook is evil because he has a hole in his back that they put evil spirits into. Has anyone else ever heard this ridiculous belief? I just don't know how to respond to her because I'm new to all this and I don't want to offend her. I didn't answer her at all. Maybe that's best anyway. And my response. Wow. That's a new one to me. Never heard that before. It's got the ring of truth to it, so I wouldn't say there's absolutely nothing there. I suspect there's probably some group out there that has some tradition or ceremony where they write down their troubles on a note and drop them into a hole in Buddha's back. I can imagine that being a tradition somewhere, sure. Is it an accepted thing among Buddhists in general? No, of course not. There's not a thing I've ever seen in any historical text that comes clo anywhere close to this story. It's probably similar to a non-Christian assuming that all Christians handle snakes. Yes, some do it, but it's absolutely not typical. This is probably the way I'd try to explain it to your friend. The world is a big place. It's dangerous to make assumptions and generalizations. And lastly, we have our koan for this week, and this one is called The Stone Mind. Hogan, a Chinese Zen teacher, lived alone in a small temple in the country. One day, four traveling monks appeared and asked if they might make a fire in his yard to warm themselves. While they were building the fire, Hogan heard them arguing about subjectivity and objectivity. He joined them and said, There is a big stone. Do you consider it to be inside or outside your mind? One of the monks replied, From the Buddhist viewpoint, everything is an objectification of mind. So I would say that the stone is inside my mind. Well, your head must feel very heavy, observed Hogan, if you're carrying around a stone like that in your mind. Okay, and that's all I have for you this week. The Daily Buddhism runs primarily from your donations, and it's easy to help out. Just go to dailybuddhism.com donate and click on one of the options there. You can donate as little as a dollar or as much as you want. Keep in mind that the Daily Buddhism daily email newsletter is completely free. All you need to do is go to the site and sign up. And it's far from daily, so you won't be getting too many emails. If you'd like to get caught up on the show, all the back episodes are available on the website, and most of the best are also included in the book, The 5-Minute Buddhist, available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Smashwords, and other booksellers. Ask your local bookstore to order you a copy if they don't already have it on their shelves. And most importantly, if you have a question on any Buddhism-related topic at all, send in your questions by emailing me at dailybuddhism at gmail.com. And I'll see you next time.